Uh, we're going to be in Genesis 12 to start with, if uh, you want to turn there, if you've got a Bible with you. If not, don't worry, I'm going to read it out later. Uh, we're speaking on a theme, so I'm going to kind of hop through Scripture and mention lots of passages as we go, rather than home in on one in particular. But Genesis 12 is where we'll start. Welcome if you're a newcomer or just here for the first time. Um, usually we'd be speaking on something that would apply to us all. Um, we're doing a bit of in-house encouragement um, in this series, just th- this is the last of three preachers in this series, so perhaps might be a little bit less relevant if you're just visiting us, but I hope it still encourages you and does you good. Um, we had a great time Wednesday evening just commissioning Nigel and Rod and I, and uh, just so you know, the recording's available there in e-news. And uh, I'll just remind, why are we doing this series? Why is it that we're focusing on some prophetic words that we're giving back in April 2020? Um, why have we involved apostolic support like Toby and Clive in on things on Wednesday evenings? Why do we invite prophets to minister to us? Why have we labored at weighing these words? Why are we now taking time to pray into them, speaking to them, and so on? Well, as Ephesians 2 tells us that the church is built on Christ as the cornerstone and on prophetic and apostolic foundations, which is why we invite prophets in to minister to us. It's why we encourage the prophetic amongst us and uh, why we publicize things like the listening ear where there's training provided for growing in the prophetic gift. And it's why we invite folks like Toby and Clive who've been sent to us by Mike Betts, who's one of the apostles in our in relational mission, our family of churches, to minister to us, to provide a foundation in church life, one of which was um, establishing an eldership team, which we're really glad we did on Wednesday. Um, But all of these things um, answer the question, how do we grow as a church? Because with Jesus as the cornerstone, apostolic and prophetic foundations, working together with local church, that's how we grow as the family of God. That's how we grow as a church. And last time I had this wonderful frame up here, Um, when I spoke a couple of weeks ago that Jim Grieve uh, put together for us. And it's this picture frame with the Great Commission on. Uh, Jesus has primarily told us to go into all the world and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you, and behold, I'm with you to the end of the age. And what we're doing here is filling out a little bit of the picture, if you like. The big frame is kind of the thing Jesus has called all Christians and all churches too. But here we are starting to fill in a little bit of the picture of what that specifically looks like for us at New Life at at this time. And as we pray into and speak about these prophetic words, we pray that the effect will be that we'll be joined together. We We don't want to be a church that's got different agendas, do we? We want to be joined together, built together for the same purpose. And uh, prophetic words help us do that. Secondly, we pray it will grow us in the Lord, in our knowledge of Jesus, um, in us as his dwelling place. And we pray that it will mature us, that we won't be as vulnerable, that we'll be uh, secure children, that we'll look to more like Christ as a, pil- as, as a people and as individuals, strong, secure, healthy, full of life, working properly together with our various gifts and talents and time and, and so on and loving one another, being built up as we love one another. So that's what the series uh, is about. Um, Just to outline the bit of the prophetic words that uh, I'm sharing about today that's available, just so you know, it's available in e-news. If if you weren't there, you can just click on the file. It's about 24 minutes long. 
Um, it's not about. It is 24 minutes long. <laughs> and you can just, you can just watch it so you, you know what was shared, and that's, that's what we're speaking about in this series. As we were speaking with house groups and house group leaders and individuals, this is one of the aspects I'm speaking on today that I think stood out most to us. Remember Mike said at the beginning of it, he says, with the prophetic, you look for a kind of ding-ding moment where you go, yes, that's, that excites my heart. That's something that God's laid on our hearts. And I think this is one of those uh, aspects that God wants to strengthen the foundation of witnessing to Jesus through works. Speaks of a servant heart, of a desire to serve others that we would increase in community impact and as a resource, a hub for the community. And he prophesied that there would be, we feel the Lord Lord has said to us, that there'll be new inroads into the community. There'll be new expressions of serving our community um, at this time. That will become known in the community. This is great. I love this bit. That will become known in the community as a hub or a centre for serving There'll be an increase in our visibility that will no longer be hidden. One of the things that, as I was just getting to know us as a church family, that many of you said was that sense of feeling hidden. We've been here for a long time, but people don't seem to know who we are. We've been a bit nomadic, haven't we, moving from place to place. Um, But the Lord wants us to be known in the community uh, for our service to the community, that we care about people. That God will give us a building to be in the community, root us in a place, not just a church building, but a community centre, a storehouse church where people come for what they need. A bit like in a storehouse, you'd go for grain, people would come to us um, for what they need, and it would be a place where we serve people and where we witness to Jesus in how we serve them. And then uh, it was said at the time, there's something that you're looking at don't put the brakes on, put your foot on the gas. Um, and we were looking, we were talking as a team about the, uh, the prospect of a building and had somewhere in mind. And I was, the other guys <laughs> were like, this is a great idea. And I was like, this doesn't feel like a great idea. Um, but we put our foot on the gas. Um, and then we were encouraged, don't look back, but look to what lies ahead. So I'm just going to kind of unpack that. I think in summary, what... Uh, this word is about is that God wants to resource us to serve our community visibly. He wants to resource us to serve our community visibly. So there's three aspects to focus on that we're called to bless and serve our community, that the Lord wants to bless and resource us for this task so that we serve visibly. And actually we can see all three in this passage in Genesis, in Genesis 12 verses uh, 1 to 3. Um, it's one of the first missionary commands to Abraham, passage commonly known as the Abrahamic blessing. Um, And I'll just read that to us now. Genesis 12, 1 to 3. Now the Lord said to Abraham, go from your country. Um, Later, Jesus is going to say go, isn't he? He's going to say go to all his disciples. He's saying this to Abraham now, but later on he says it to all of us. Go and make disciples of all nations let's carry on and your kindred and your father's house um, to the land that I will show you this is one of the first missionary journeys and I will make you a great nation and I will bless you God's desire isn't it to bless that's what it, that's the kind of God he is it's the thing he you know there's some things as, as, as a person you just can't help but do 
Jess and I ordered Domino's last night. You know, there's some things you just can't, you can't hold back from doing. <laughs> Ordering takeaway pizza seems to be one of ours. But you, do you, in, in terms of God, there is something he cannot hold back from doing. He's the kind of God who blesses. What's the, the purpose? And he'll make your name great. Make your name great. His desire is for his people to be visible. Why? So that you will be a blessing. That's the purpose. Purpose for Abraham. It's the purpose for us as Abraham's children, as God's people, to be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you, that's Abraham, but through Jesus, us, as his people, in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Isn't that an amazing promise? In you, all the families of the earth will be blessed, ultimately through King Jesus, but also through us as his kingdom people. So first, we're called to be a blessing and to serve our community. We see here in God's promise to Abraham, a promise to us as children of Abraham, as inheritors of this promise, that we're blessed for a purpose, to be a blessing. The bottom line of God's goodness towards us, his kindness, his compassion, his love, his blessing, is for us to be a blessing to others. That's the purpose of God in our lives, together as a church and individually. We're blessed to be a blessing. And this is the nature of God himself. God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. What have they been doing from eternity past? The Father's been loving the Son. The Son has been loving the Father. There's this constant serving and loving of one another going on in the Trinity. Some people, of uh, theologians, express it as almost like a dance. There's movement and activity. The, the love that God has is not infatuated with itself. God's love is expansive. It's extending. It's on the move. It's overflowing. It's outward. And then it's no surprise then that when God creates us, loves us, saves us and blesses us, that the purpose of doing that is to extend the blessing, the salvation, the love, the blessing towards others. We see it in God's promise to Abraham. And it's a promise that echoes throughout the whole of Scripture. You can't really read the Bible without seeing that God is doing these things to extend his love and purposes in the world. And there's multitude of passages that we could turn to, but let's go to Jeremiah 29. Jeremiah 29, verses 4 to 7. Here's just one example from uh, the Old Testament. Uh, Jeremiah's writing a letter to those Jews who've been exiled from Jerusalem kind of booted by a foreign power and they've gone to live in the land of Babylon. Um, They're living under that kingdom and this is what Jeremiah the prophet writes. He says in verse 4, chapter 29, verse 4, thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles whom I've sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon, build houses and live in them plant gardens and eat their produce, take wives and have sons and daughters, take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage 
that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there. Do not decrease. But, here's the purpose, seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf. The Jews at this time, the Israelites had been had been uh, exiled from Jerusalem into a foreign, hostile, unbelieving Babylon. And you can imagine the temptation, can't you, in such an intimidating, alien um, uh, place. These people are occupiers of their land. You can imagine that being quite a hostile place. There's the temptation to kind of bunker down. Let's, let's play it safe. Let's, let's not kind of get out there too much. Let's keep ourselves to ourselves as a community. Let's see this exile out. God will bring us out of it eventually. But the Lord commands them to engage with their community and to seek its welfare. Yes, they've been exiled to here. Yes, it's a hostile, intimidating, foreign place. People who don't believe the same thing as you don't worship God. But don't, don't bunker down. Seek the welfare of the city and we're not to bunker down are we (laughs) it it could be pretty tempting can't it you know church can be quite a nice place sometimes can't it (laughs) you know it's kind of you know we're embracing one another we love and care for one another believe the same things of the same mind in many things and it can be very tempting to kind of surround your life with that constant comfort and encouragement and love, can't it? Just bunker down. We'll see it out until the Lord returns. <laughs> or until we go and meet him. It's really tempting to live life like that. But we're ambassadors of Christ. We're his expression of his kingdom in the world. We're not to bunker down and see our years in safety. Um, but we're to seek the welfare of Beckles, Bungie, Halesworth, and the villages around. That's God's purpose in us as a church. We see this in Jesus as well, in his example. God was made flesh and visible to us in Jesus. And what does Jesus say? The Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. It's the heart of God is to serve others. It's at the heart of his teaching. He commissions his disciples in Matthew 10 and tells them what? Freely you have received, so freely give. The purpose of you having received this gospel, this good news, having received Jesus himself, is to give it away. It's to give. He tells us, you are the salt of the earth. Salt doesn't exist for itself, does it? If you place salt one centimeter away from the food, the salt is not doing anything, is it? No. If the salt bunkers down, and hides from the food. The food does not get preserved. It does not get flavoured. The purpose of salt, it doesn't exist for itself. It's no good being away from that which it was purposed for. It exists to preserve, to purify, to flavour. That's us as Christians. We're the salt of the earth. And we see this in the life of the early church. I read a passage um, a couple of weeks ago that talked about them having all things in common, selling their possessions and belongings, distributing the proceeds to any who had need, not saying that anything their own things belonged to him or was their own, but they had everything in common, not a needy person among them, selling their land and houses um, and br- distributing to any has, as had need. The early church was the kind of place 
kind of people that knew it was blessed to be a blessing and serve others. So we see it throughout scripture. Wherever you look, you see this constantly going on. God wants to underline for us here at New Life that we've been blessed for his kingdom purposes of blessing others to serve our community because this is at the heart of God and his purposes and he wants to do it in fresh ways amongst us, new inroads into the community, new expressions of God's heart which are shared by his people, hopes and ambitions we were mentioning earlier that are in our hearts to serve others and be a blessing here. Clive, actually on Wednesday evening, started really this preach. And he said, this isn't, this isn't just really about three guys and uh, bringing them into eldership. This is about us as under-shepherds in the church being Jesus' shepherding out there in the world, that God has laid things on our hearts and promises and hopes and ambitions for his purposes in the world. So, let me ask us this question. What has God laid on your heart? What godly hopes and ambitions has he left as a deposit in your heart for his purposes of you being a blessing? What dormant, dusty promises that maybe God spoke long ago that you may have even almost forgotten does he want you to shake the dust off of? God has blessed us to serve others. How has he blessed you to serve others? What needs in our community? When, you, when you're out there in the world meeting people, hearing their stories, hearing their hurt, hearing their pain, hearing their needs, what is he impressed on your heart? Something's going on when you interact with people in that way. God is speaking to us and saying, these are the needs of people out here. How can we serve them? What are the needs in our community God's impressed on your heart for the purpose of seeing them met by us as a church family? Second thing, we're um, blessed and resourced. Before we be a blessing, God first blesses us, doesn't he? And we can only receive what he has blessed us with. You can't give away what you don't have, can you? I'd really love to, you know, give every homeless person a mansion, but I can't do that because I haven't got lots of mansions. You're probably unsurprised to, to know. You, you can't, I mean, it's a silly example, but you get the, the you can't, you can only give what you've been blessed and resourced with. And we've received spiritual blessings, haven't we? Ephesians 1 says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. We've received um, redemption, haven't we? We've received adoption into God's family. We've received grace and forgiveness and hope and salvation. And we've received God himself in the person of the Holy Spirit. All of these spiritual blessings, are they asked to keep? No, the Lord has called us to be a blessing and to extend them, hasn't he? To offer out adoption, to offer out the hope of redemption, of forgiveness, of God's grace. We extend these things out. We extend the offer of salvation, of God himself in the person of the Holy Spirit to others. It's true of our spiritual resources, 
it's true also of our material resources and blessings. We saw in that Acts passage I mentioned earlier, they use possessions, belongings to serve others' need. Um, if you've got a Bible, flip forward to Matthew chapter 25. Don't worry if you haven't, I'll read it out just now. Matthew 25, verse 34. This will be a famous passage, many of us, I think, will have heard before. Matthew 25, verses 34 to 40. Then the king, Jesus is telling the story about himself, he's the king, will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. What kind of kingdom is it? For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty, you gave me drink. I was a stranger, you welcomed me. I was naked, you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and welcome you or naked and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, truly, I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these of my brothers, you did it to me. Whenever you did it for the least of these, you did it for me. Whether our resources are food or drink or friendship or clothes or time to visit or a building, Jesus says, what you have received, give. And as you do it for the least of these, you do it for me. So what has God resourced you with personally and what has he resourced us with corporately as a family that we can bless others with god said that he'll give us uh, a building to be in the community root us in a place a hub a center not just a church building but a community center a storehouse church where people come for what they need a place to serve and give to the least of our community and to do it for him there are many blessings involved with having a building, aren't there? I mean, as, as we kind of talked about it, I mean, some of us are thinking, the PA team, for example, Paul and Liam, I think, you know, a, a pre-installed PA system. It's, yeah, it's glory, isn't it? It's, <laughs> that's the promised land. <laughs> and many other ways. What about space and the ability to do what we like with the space that we have for Sunday gatherings? We get to choose I don't know, our own curtains. <laughs> you know, put our Christmas tree where we'd like to put it. Oh, you know, do you know what I mean? You get, we get to, there's lots of blessings. We get to serve the kind of coffee we want to. Yeah? We'll be limited to it. We get to serve good filter coffee. We wouldn't have to uh, perhaps rely on instant, which we, we might have to soon. I'm just dropping that in there as a warm you up to that. Um, there'll be space for children's and youth work. Rooms available. Space for during the week for discipleship, not having to cram into home every time if we want to run a course or do an alpha. Or There's lots of blessings, isn't there, with having a building. But the Lord wants to remind us his purpose to resource us and bless us is to be a blessing and serve our community. See, we can be and have been a great church without a building. 
but we cannot be a great church and serve God's purposes without serving others with our resources. You can be a great church without a building, but you cannot be a great church that is serving God's kingdom purposes in the world without using our resources to meet the needs of others and serve our community. And the the, uh, third thing, to be visible. And turn to Matthew 5, flick back a bit, if you've got a Bible. If not, don't worry, I'll read it. Um, The Lord's intention, the visibility thing is not a kind of, it's not a self-esteem thing for us as a church. (laughs) It's not a, oh, we've been a bit hidden. It'd be nice if people knew about us. We'd feel a bit better about ourselves. It's not that. The Lord's intention is for his people to be visible. And Jesus says this when he's outlining his kingdom manifesto to his disciples. He says this, You are the light of the world, verse 14, Matthew 5, 14. You are, not you will be or could be or might be, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. You might know this about Jerusalem. Jerusalem was built on a hill. You literally went up to the temple. You had to climb steps to get into it. It's a city on a hill that couldn't be hidden. Its light could be seen from miles around. He's saying about the church, it'd be like a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket on a stand and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who's in heaven. The moon reflects the sun's light, doesn't it? sun shines on the moon and we see the moon the moon doesn't have its own source of light in that respect and so we as Jesus' disciples are the same the Lord we're to reflect the light of the world Jesus to the world itself so that people will give glory to our Father who's in heaven that's the purpose it's part of our witness the good works we do our serving of the community is to bring praise to God because it's like the moon reflecting the sun's light As we do that in the world, it reflects the light of the world, Jesus. Let me uh, just recommend a book. This is called Christ's Radiant Church. It's pretty old now, as you can see from the uh, cover, which wouldn't pass editors nowadays. But the content is really excellent. Uh, Just kind of uh, short chapters about different kind of aspects of church life. Um, in terms of the kind of church that we want to be here, this is a good summary of various things like uh, restoration, salvation, ministries, leadership, grace, baptism, um, gift of the Holy Spirit, all those kind of things. It's a good book. Um, and I uh, just want to read a quote from it. Um, author says this, This is not just some total social, token social action because it seems like a good idea. It's very much seen as part of the outworking of the gospel of the kingdom. God's rule is to be extended on the earth at this present time. When the kingdom comes in all its fullness, when Jesus returns, there will be no more sickness or poverty or hunger. To preach the gospel of the kingdom includes dealing with these issues as best we can right now. However, if all that we do in the future is centred on ministering to the needs of the poor, 
we will have just become a welfare agency and failed to do to be the church. But if we only preach the gospel in words, then it will fail to be the gospel of the kingdom. You hear what he's saying? The gospel of the kingdom is both to witness to Jesus in words and tell them this is King Jesus and this is his kingdom, this is what it's like. And that's why we talk about witnessing in words being so important. But it also needs to be married with a demonstration of the kingdom. Jesus says, the Spirit has come upon me to preach good news to the poor. And what else? That the lame would walk, that the deaf would hear. Yeah, the blind would see. Demonstration of the kingdom. That's why we talk about witnessing in wonders, praying for the miraculous healing of people as a demonstration of the kingdom. It's why we focus on witnessing in words and serving our community. Because it's a demonstration, when people's needs are met, when the hungry are fed, when those in poverty have everything that they need, that's a demonstration of the kingdom of God. And when people see and experience the kingdom, it points them to the fact that there's a king, isn't there? King Jesus. He's the one who meets the needs of everybody. He's the one who's bringing the kingdom where there will be no hunger, there'll be no poverty, no sickness or disease. And so we point them to King Jesus. If some in our community are hungry, we'll be the place where they can eat so they can meet Jesus, the bread of life. If some in our community are lonely, we'll be the place of friendship so they can meet their greatest friend, Jesus. If some in our community are vulnerable, we'll be a place of safety so that they can know Jesus, the Lion of Judah. If some in our community are worn down by life, will be a place of rest and refreshment so they meet Jesus who promises, come to me and I will give you rest. If some in our community are discouraged, will be the place of encouragement so they meet Jesus who says, take courage, I have overcome the world. We want to be the community, we want to be a church that helps our community be served to experience the kingdom so that they meet The king. Yeah. We want people to know the king, so we show them the kingdom. And just to finish off, the focus, where's our focus to be as we think about these things? Well, Philippians uh, 3, verse 13 to 14, was shared in the prophetic words, and it says this, But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind... And straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on towards the goal for the upward uh, call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think this way. I think as um, as I was visiting uh, house groups and talking to people about how do we feel about this prophetic word, particularly the bit about a building um, that's in this, there was, I think it's fair to say, some disappointment of past ventures. I wasn't around at the time, but I know that New Life at one point had a, had a building, didn't it? Somewhere in the town, um, there were hopes for it and dreams that weren't quite fulfilled. And uh, the Lord wants to help us with that disappointment. Um, the passage that comes to mind, you know Jesus walking along the road to Emmaus, isn't he, with those disciples, and they say, we'd hoped 
hoped this would be the promised Messiah. But if you've not heard what's going on in Jerusalem in these days, he's been crucified. And yet, right there next to them is Jesus in the midst. And the Lord wants to say, just, just to help us with that disappointment and say that he's alongside us. He's in our midst and we're travelling somewhere. And it is a, it's a bit of a warning here. Where's your focus and attention? Are you constantly looking this way and reminding yourself of the disappointments or the discouragements of the past? Or are you thinking maturely and focusing on what lies ahead and what God has in store? The Lord wants to encourage us. Forget what lies behind, strain to what lies ahead. Um, as I mentioned before, I wasn't utterly thrilled with the idea of a building. I thought we had more than enough going on already, um, which I did express to the Lord. Um, but I have great confidence in what, uh, what we're talking about here because I really feel it's God's initiative and leading. And that's where our confidence comes from as a people, isn't it? God takes the initiative and leading. So vision doesn't come from an individual or an eldership team who come up and go, we've got this vision, we think it's really wonderful, will you come with us on it? That's, I mean, that wouldn't fill you with confidence, would it? It'd be like, that's a nice idea, James, Rod and Nigel, but where is our confidence that's going to be fulfilled? When God takes the initiative and speaks these things, then it gives us great confidence, doesn't it, that we're following him into something that he's spoken and we're well surrounded by friends who've trodden this path before. Um, it's one where we've got a bit of discouragement and disappointment from the past, but actually we're well surrounded by friends in the relational mission family of churches who've trodden this path. Kings, who are good friends of ours, have got a building. It's uh, doing lots of the things that we talked about this morning. Guys in Elsham, Sheringham, Church in Wyndham, Deerham, they're all experienced in this. There are churches right now walking the same path. Attleboro. Church there just built a huge six, uh, just bought a huge six-acre site. They're just waiting for confirmation that there's no issues that are going to trip them up. But they're kind of setting out on a path of doing a building there. Um, folks in North Walsham, funny enough, called New Life as well, they're called New Life Church, a community church. They're in North Walsham. They're they're going through a similar process of exploring a building. And we're in Peter's good hands here as well. Peter, can you give us a wave? Peter's kind of heading up our exploration of buildings. At the moment, we're exploring 5 Taylor Square, which uh, you might know is the Laura Ashley building just opposite Tesco's. We're awaiting architects' concept plans to consider. We're currently just checking with building regs about fire exits and uh, looking for a resolution there. When we have that, we'll invite all church family to an open session at the building itself so we can all see the plans, see what's proposed, hear feedback, and then go back to the architects and, and explore the way forward. Okay? We won't be moving anywhere until we've got a good idea of what the costs would be. Trustees have had time to work out um, what's, what does wisdom look like in this situation. But we feel a building, it, and we're exploring this as an option. Um, if this falls through, we'll just explore another one. Yeah? Um, we don't need to, um, whilst I've talked a bit about a building, we don't need to wait for a building, do we, to get on with this? We can serve our community now, can't we? And uh, it's important that we do that because there's, just practically, 
grant money available? <laughs> and uh, in an application, what are you currently doing to serve your community? We'd have a, a fairly blank page. And uh, we can get on with serving our community now, can't we? So that we've got some things to write and say we, we are serving our community in these ways and we hope a building will enable us to serve it even more in these ways. Um, I think we're going to finish. Uh, we won't come back to worship, but should we stand and pray into this now? And, uh, and then we'll finish there, because I spoke for a long time. Sorry. If something was burning on your heart today, well, as we were saying, what dusty promises are there lying dormant in your heart that God's dusting off and reawakening in you? When you just come and approach me at some point, I'd love to hear them so that we can discern together where the Lord's leading us. And um, yeah, all right, Father God, we thank you that you have blessed us with every spiritual blessing. We thank you that also you've promised to resource us as a people. You've given us lots of good things. We live in a society where you've generously provided for our practical needs and we have more than enough. We pray that you would help us, by your Spirit, be a blessing in our individual witness as we serve the people that we meet in our life, but also that you would help us serve our community corporately as a family. Lord, this is our desire. This is a deep desire of our hearts here at New Life, Lord, is to be a blessing to our community, to serve them, love them, meet their needs. We pray, lead us as we look to do that. Would you awaken desires in our hearts? Would you ignite visions? Would you ignite um, hopes? Would you ignite dreams in our hearts that will bear fruit in the future? that meet needs in our community in a concrete way. We pray, Lord, lead us as we explore buildings that would help us serve our community. And we pray in the long run, Lord, would you increase our visibility so that people in our community, whether it be here in Beckles, in Bungie, in Hellsworth, the villages around, experience the kingdom of King Jesus and meet the King. Lord, that's our heart's desire. Our community needs to experience the kingdom, but most of all, they need to know the king. So we pray, Lord, would you come and let yourself be known through your people. Help us be a city on a hill that cannot be hidden, so that King Jesus, the light of the world, is seen from far around. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Wonderful.